On this week's episode of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast, I've got a lengthy conversation with a man who converted a classic gas-powered muscle car into a Tesla and is now doing the same thing to a DeLorean. Enjoy. What's happening, friends? I'm Ryan McCaffrey here with you for episode 418 of Ride the Lightning, the Tesla unofficial podcast. It comes at you every Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific. This episode for August 6th, 2023. And as you hear this on August 6th or later, I will have been away on a family vacation this past week. So everything you're about to hear has been recorded ahead of time. I've got a really cool interview lined up, as you could gather from the episode title. I hope you're going to enjoy it. It is with E.V. Hot Rodder. At least I'm going to call him that. His name's Kevin Erickson. And so I will be back next week on episode 419 with the usual Ride the Lightning show format where I analyze the latest Tesla news from that week. And I take your phone calls from the Ride the Lightning hotline. But in the meantime, for this week, I hope you don't mind that I got to take a little bit of time away with my family, and I sincerely hope that you enjoy the interview you're about to hear. I really had a fun time recording it. I had no idea how long we would talk for, whether it would be 20 minutes, 30 minutes. We ended up talking for like 50 minutes. It was a great conversation. I hope you enjoy it. Real quick, before that interview with Kevin, let me tell you again about Accelerate Auto, the X-Care extended warranty policy designed specifically for your Tesla. They have everything up to 10 years of additional coverage and up to an additional 125,000 miles of additional coverage as well. And they have really now differentiated themselves from Tesla's extended warranty. Of course, Tesla's plan, it is a fixed two-year 25,000 mile coverage plan. X-Care is a whole lot more flexible. It can go a whole lot further. And as you've heard in recent episodes, they have finally just started offering something that people have been asking them for for a while, which is battery and drivetrain coverage. You can get that all together. You can add that onto your existing policy. You don't have to get that necessarily. The point is to try and give you a ton of different options to keep your Tesla covered for the long haul. So uh, the policy from Xcare has a $100 deductible, 24-7 roadside assistance, rental reimbursement, trip interruption coverage, just lots and lots of great stuff here. A lot of this that Tesla does not offer themselves on their own extended warranty policy. So check them out, see which plan is right for you. Go to accelerateauto.com slash Xcare That's X-C-E-L-E-R-A-T-E-A-U-T-O dot com slash X-C-A-R-E. And don't forget to use the discount code LIGHTNING for $100 off of your purchase. Sadly, except in the state of Florida, where state law uh, dictates that cannot be done. But for the other 49 states, grab that $100 discount and check them out. Accelerate Auto. 
Also, don't forget about the CCF raffle, which is almost upon us. If you would like a chance to win a Tesla of your choosing, yes, including the Cybertruck, and help a great cause while you're at it, there is an annual raffle happening right now. It is coming right up on August 20th. You can do just that. And there's even the option if you don't want any of the cars and you'd rather have $50,000 in cash, that's a prize too. If you happen to win the grand prize, you've got your choice of SX3Y Cybertruck or $50,000 in cash. This is all put on courtesy of the Chicago Chesed Fund, a nonprofit organization dedicated to helping families in crisis. They're funding 80 plus programs and services right now with the goal of helping families get back on their feet by offering goods and services like food, furniture, jobs, etc. This is the ninth annual Tesla raffle, so this has been going on for quite a while. For your chance to win, head to ccfraffle.com where you can get $25 off of two tickets or $500 off of 15 tickets by using the promo code RTL. The raffle again is coming up very soon. Time is rapidly running out here. August 20th is the raffle, or it could also close. Raffle ticket sales could close if they hit 9,999 tickets sold before August 20th. So whichever comes first, Act now, get your tickets today, ccfraffle.com. Don't forget that promo code RTL if you'd like the discount on the two tickets or the bigger discount on 15 tickets, ccfraffle.com, promo code RTL. This week, I am joined by Kevin Erickson. He goes by Mr. Mopar Man on both YouTube and Instagram. And he uh, he has, there is a Tesla connection here. I promise we will get into that uh, in just a minute. He's building a couple of internal combustion engine conversions over to Tesla-powered EVs. Kevin, thanks for making the time. Great to meet you. Great to meet you as well. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And uh, it, it is worth pointing out to everybody that, in the you know here in the the Elon verse, you are chatting with me from uh, from the road via Starlink right now. Yeah, that's right. Uh, connected everywhere now. I can I can be anywhere anytime. Love it, love it. You're sounding great, looking great here on uh, on our video feed, which obviously the audience can't see. But let me just start with uh, kind of your your car background. Cause obviously, like I said, your, your username on YouTube and Instagram is Mr. Mopar man. I'm guessing you grew up with a love of muscle cars. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, I think from the time I was, uh, you know, before I could even walk, I was rolling wheels on little hot wheel cars. And for some reason, the Mopars just, I was drawn to them. And, uh, my first car, you know, 69 Dodge Dart, it, that it was everything. I was all Mopar for everything. Oh, I love it. So, it, you know, that's that's part of your your car youth. Did did you have a dream car growing up? Was what whether it was the Dart or, or whether there was something else that I know. I think I think we're going to maybe get to it here in a minute. But I'm kind of curious if uh, if there was something like your what you first remember as your first dream car as a kid. Yeah the um, the '69 uh, Charger Daytona, the the car with the big wing that uh, was in yeah. NASCAR. Uh, and that's closely followed by the uh, 72, 71, 72 Roadrunner uh, came a close second for me. 
Oh, beautiful. I just was at a, uh, a, a big fancy concourse d'elegance car show here in the area. And, and there was a, uh, there was a beautiful orange road runner and, we, and I hadn't seen one up close in a long, long time. So I, I totally feel you on that one. It's, and I just love how they went all out. Like there's actual, the road runner is all over the car. Like there's, it's like you would never probably see that now. It's just fun. Yeah, so cool. Even the horn. They even re- replicated the the meat meat horn uh, for the car, which is pretty cool. Oh, that's so cool. Oh, I love that. All right. So, you know, any idea where your love of cars came from? I mean, you mentioned that as far back as you can remember, you were playing with toy cars. I was kind of the same way, but is was your dad a big car guy? Anybody kind of in the family that that sort of encouraged that and and shepherded you along in your automotive journey? Yeah, there was some of that. In fact, uh, so my mom was actually a big car person. She always loved every car she had. It was a a specific car she wanted. She kept it pristine through its entire uh, time with her from the time she bought it till sold it. Uh, And my dad, he was a mechanic. He and his brother started a shop when he was 18. Um, He's one of these guys that can make anything work, can fix anything, doesn't matter what tools he has. Um, he's just one of those uh, can can do anything type of guys. And so I, I really pulled from both of them um, and it helped me develop my interest and ability. Oh, I'd love that. So were you were you in the, your dad's shop a lot as a kid? Yeah. So he uh, by the time I came around, he had um, kind of evolved into different roles. So he, was, he would manage like different tire stores. He became uh, his own kind of tire company after a while, he got into commercial tires. So it wasn't a lot of hands-on in the shop, yeah. but man, he was there for me. Anything I wanted to do to my car, um, he would help me swap engines, swap camshafts, uh, anything and everything I wanted to do. He was right there helping me out. Well, let me circle back to your mom for a second. Cause that is just so cool that your mom was a, was a car person and kept her cars pristine. I got to have your mom talk to my wife who, whose car is filthy. <laughs> I'm like your, I'm like your mom. My, my cars, any car I've ever had has, oh, it's, it's just, I, it makes me crazy if it's, if it's dirty on the outside or if it's, or if it's, you know, cluttered and dirty on the inside. So I think, I think your mom and I would probably, we could probably compare notes on, uh, (laughs) on whose car is cleaner. Oh, that's great. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. She, um, you know, so one of her first cars, her first brand new car was a 68 Dodge Dart. And so this is how uh, the, the Dodge Dart became my first car. When I was a little yeah. kid, um, she saw this 69 Dart on the side of the road. And uh, she's like, it dro- it just drew her. She's like, I got to go get that car. I don't care if it runs. They had the means. She bought this car that was her her passion back in the day and that she loved so much. And then that became a car in our family in the mid 80s. And then I bought that car from from her as my first car, and I still have it today. It's still um, my Dart. That, that you know, yeah, it, it's great. And um, so, yeah, her. I mean, she taught us so young. You don't touch cars. You know, cars when they're dirty, you don't draw on them because it leaves scratches. And you pick up <laughs> yes. your things when you leave your car, and and all the basics. And and man, I hold that today. And and my kids are taught just just the same. Oh, that's that is that is music to my ears. I love hearing that. Now, did she have uh, like an ultimate dream car that she got to have? You mentioned that she, you know, she moved through a, a number of different ones, but did she ever get to have her dream car? Yeah, I would say she had a number of them because it kind of changed along the way. Yeah. Um, 
the car I got my driver's license in was a um, an early '90s Jaguar XJ12 Ooh, uh, or XJS, I should say. Yeah, Vandenplas, and um, super cool. Uh, she loved anything that was unique, anything that had style, uh, the smell, you know, that it, the leather inside the car, and so. Um, and then she got into a, a bunch of different Mercedes. She had a you know S550 recently, and the funny thing is, is I knew she would love Tesla, but she was yeah. slow to get on the Tesla bandwagon. And she now drives a 2023 uh, Model 3 Long Range, and she absolutely Love it. loves it. She, she now says, what was I waiting for? This is the greatest <laughs> car. <laughs> well, you know, so I, I, all right, I, I want to spend, because I was going to ask you about your dad, too, but I, we'll get to him. So your mom, was was it... Uh, this a similar case as to what happens to a lot of us in the Tesla world where she drove it and then the light bulb goes off and that's kind of like, then she can't stop thinking about it until she gets one or like what, what was her sort of process with it? You know, I don't even think she drove one. Um, I converted my first conversion. I think that might've been the first EV she was in Okay, and it still, it still didn't, it still didn't hit her. I don't know what finally made the switch, but uh, she ordered the car without ever being in one. Wow. And then she picked it up and then experiencing it. Yeah. You know, game over. I mean, were, were you leaning on her at all? Uh, having done the conversions that we're going to talk about? Or do you know if was it was it friends? Was it other people, you know, that had Teslas in her life that, that she got to you know something that had to put the bug in her ear to to make her put down an order for a, a Model 3 sight unseen? Right. Yeah. She's so she's been a volunteer at a hospital for over a decade now. And all the doctors um, started coming in with Model S's and yeah. it, it went from they had the Mercedes and the BMWs to now all the the prestige car is the Model yep. S or, or any of the Teslas. And so that started to kind of um, lean on her a little bit. And because she she likes to have that same status and, and she, you know, likes those nice cars. So she was still into those Mercedes. And my sister and I, even my dad, were thinking, man, um, the Tesla is just such a better car. Uh, so it was just a slow process of all the influence around her. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's that makes sense. You know, you start it, it became normalized, I would think. Right. That's probably right. part of it where, oh, this is like this isn't just a weird, you know, quirky thing. Like, no, this is this is something that other people that I, that I trust or respect or, you know, both <laughs> that, yeah. are, that are going for. So that's cool. So right. yeah, I wanted to ask the same about your dad, just because when you said, you know, he's, he's always been, you know, he's always had his, his arms in an engine bay and never afraid to do a swap or any kind of mod, you know, muscle car guy too. Has, has your dad uh, opened his arms to the electric vehicle or is he still more of a, more of a classic ICE guy? What's the story there? So the, the funny thing about my dad is I wouldn't ever classify him as a car guy. I mean, he okay. could do anything to any car, uh, especially the old ones. When, you know, when I had my first cars, they were carbureted, points ignition, he, just a screwdriver in his ear, and he could tune anything, make it purr. Um, but it wasn't like he was looking for more power and hot rodding like I was obsessed with. Yeah. Um and it wasn't until my first conversion, which we're going to talk about, that I saw the car guy come out of him. All of a sudden, he just latched on to the EV world, and he's all in on it. He loves it. Um, oh, I love he that. doesn't. 
he doesn't drive one, but he loves that my mom. He loves my mom's Model Three. He still has a truck because he tows long distance and things. Um, yeah, but uh, but he's all in on the EVs. Is Dad uh, on the reservation list for the for the Cybertruck? Maybe what, what's the story there? Any any you know the EV trucks are starting to become a thing here. They are, and I think he will get there. Um, I'm really early on the list for the Cybertruck, so I think he's going to be a little bit jealous when I when I take him for a ride. Um, yeah, he'll he'll be getting one, I'm sure. But how about let's talk about you and your your journey into EVs because that's obviously why we're chatting here. You're uh, you've done one fantastic conversion, and you're working on another uh, particular Tesla powered conversion with it with a car that's very near and dear to me which we'll get to but you know as as evs did start to come into kind of the mainstream purview which i mean sure there were there were things here and there you know gm doing the ev1 which was famously crushed uh when they were all took taken back by gm but really the the tesla roadster in 2008 was Sure, a low volume car, but started to show people, oh, wait, this is this is like a this can work and this can be fun. And then the Model S really, really uh, getting out there into the mainstream and starting in 2012. What's what's your EV origin story? Was it with Tesla? Was it with something else? Um, I've I've always loved anything unique. And uh, so early EV one, I loved it. I followed it. And um, I looked at doing conversions in the early 2000s uh, oh, wow. because I came across an AC forklift motor and I just thought it was the coolest thing. Um, and then some some early conversions that I had seen along the way, uh, White Zombie, uh, Zombie 222, some of the uh, DC powered cars. But I was really focused on AC because I liked the regen. Um, I just like the, uh, brushless, you know, um, it, 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 that was where I wanted to go. And what held me back was actually the batteries uh, you know, I had a motor and I had a, a car I could use. It was, a, uh, an eclipse of my uh, brother-in-law's, but the batteries, it was still, you had to use lead acid or you had to right. use, um, you know, a thousand DeWalt drill batteries or, or something that way. And so it wasn't until Tesla and mass market parts uh, that were available that made it really a viable option. So let's get to your your first conversion, the the Plymouth satellite. Which, if uh, I encourage everybody uh, that's listening to this to go onto your Instagram again, Mister Mr. Mister Mopar Man, and see this beautiful car that that you restored, that you converted to EV. Uh, what gave you the idea to to turn that into a Tesla powered EV muscle car. It uh, it didn't start that way. So the the satellite is the same body style as the Roadrunner, one of my top two favorite cars of all time. And so I, I finally bought the satellite off Craigslist. It did not run. Base model, uh, three eighteen two barrel, low horsepower car, the run of the mill version of the car. And yeah. um, so I thought uh, I had already built my Dart with a turbocharged small block Mopar you know, 700 horsepower, really fun, rowdy car. And I thought, well, shoot, I'll just do that again. Let's go for a thousand horsepower. And so I <laughs> bought the Hemi. Um, I'm going to twin turbo this Hemi. And then, you know, I, I had driven a Model S uh, test drive, an S60, one of the very first ones, 2013. Yep. And um, it seemed like a spaceship. It was ridiculous. And so that, and that was in the back of my even, that, that, that was the slow one at the time. Yeah. The, the slowest small motor, single motor car. Um, and 
so I, uh, there's a few other things in the story. I almost had to get rid of the car. My wife actually talked me into keeping it, knowing that how much I loved it. And, uh, about that time I saw a Tesla take off from a stoplight and just annihilated <laughs> this CR one Corvette. And I thought, man, that is just, that is so fast. Um, I got to see if I can put those parts in, in this Plymouth. And, yeah. uh, so I ran that by my wife. I said, what do you think if I, instead of a Hemi, I Tesla swap the Plymouth and she just said, can you do that? And I said, I don't know, but I got to try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, back then it, it's funny how rapidly Tesla has accelerated the, not just the, the possibilities of a of, of straight line acceleration, muscle car acceleration, but how quickly they've normalized it. I mean, the, you're talking about you know the 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 quickest Model S in 2012 2013 when they first came on the scene was the P85 that did zero to sixty in 4.2 seconds. Right. Just fi- five years later, the car in my garage, the Model Three performance blows that away doing zero to 60 and three one. And now of course, you know, the, the model S plaid, uh, just nicking in under two seconds. Have you had a chance to drive a plaid by the way? I drove a plaid. I, I, man, I have some amazing, uh, followers and a local guy, uh, saw the two projects on Instagram and he, he said, I'm local. Can I come see him? Well, he shows up in a brand new plaid with temp tags. Yeah. And the first thing he says is, I've got it warmed up. It's in drag race mode. We got to go for a ride. And I said, okay. And he just said, you're driving. And man, oh, yes. Unbelievable. I, I so blown away. What? Yeah. I mean, I, I have seen this too across my, in my time uh, in the Tesla community, because I, the one, I just, just real quick, you know, that this isn't where this is about you, not me, but the, the point I'm going to make here is about the generosity of the Tesla community. That's such a good example of it, where the first few years that I did this podcast, I didn't have a Tesla yet. I was waiting for the Model 3. I couldn't afford the Model S or Model X. And I had a few different listeners that that uh, I ended up meeting in real life, and they just said, here, drive drive my car. And it's so, so cool. It's just, yeah, the, the people are so, in this community, are so friendly, so just like open and they, they want to share it. Like it's this, there's something about EVs and the, the newness and the excitement where I think people want to share it with other people that, that are showing that same enthusiasm. And it's just, I love hearing that a, a guy that just picked up a plaid, you know, figuratively speaking, hands you the key since there's no key to actually hand you. Exactly. Just says go in a, in a 1,021 horsepower car. He ha- he hands you the, the key and says go. So um, it's unreal. Yeah. What had you? I, I imagine like me because I've also had the privilege a couple of times in the plat. I imagine that uh, any 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 ICE muscle car that you'd driven uh, c- just couldn't compare the plat that was just on another level, right? No, and yeah. So the things I like to do with cars is I, I like street cars. So when I'm building these, uh, classic cars, I want them streetable, reliable, but I really yeah. like that. I like that stoplight to stoplight, you know, uh, competition that you, that you run across on the street. So yeah. I, I call them street fighters. And oh, I love that. You know, most, most ICE cars, you cannot, um, really 
build them to do everything. You know, if you're going to build a stoplight to stoplight car, it's going to have crazy gearing. It might, you know, zero to 60, you might have good, but then it, it doesn't do anything else good. Yeah. And the, the electric cars, they're just always ready to go. It doesn't matter who rolls up next to you. You're in the perfect gear with the, the turbo <laughs> spooled. It, it just always hits hard and, and it's, it's the perfect street fighter. Yeah. So my day job is in video games. So you calling them Street Fighter, just, I love that. That is oh, very cool. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. And, and you're right. It's like the, the most you have to do is if maybe, you know, you're, you're cruising along in chill mode, you just have to go, you know, you have to go into the UI and, and unlock more horsepower from, from the motor. That's in, in the, with the touch of button. That's really, that's all you might have to do at a stoplight against, that, against that's right. I love else. it. Uh, so back to the Plymouth satellite that you converted. So you used a, used a model S motor for that, correct? That's right. Yep. So the motor came out of a P 100 D, um, and I used the entire subframe, which is just four bolts. Uh, the entire aluminum subframe comes out of the back of the car yeah. and it has brakes to brakes. So you're talking the, the half shafts, the suspension movement, the, um, you know, everything in the drive unit is all contained too: the inverter, the yeah. motor, the gearbox. So that whole thing fit in the Plymouth. And um, it was one of the easiest swaps I've done as far as that goes. So is it, is it, are you using both motors or just the rear motor? So I'm only using the rear motor. Um, and there was, there was a little bit to this. Uh, I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, this EV <laughs> was all new to me. I was a little afraid of the voltage. I didn't know how I would control them. So I thought, all right, I'll try one motor and I better make it bolt in in case it doesn't work. So I can go back to, you know, the stuff I know how, how to make it yeah. work. Um, so in the future, I will be making dual motor cars. But th oh, this yeah. one, um, it, I kind of want to just rear drive muscle as well. So uh, kind of kept a little of the old with the new. Yeah. And how about batteries? Because, you know, you can't just go buy any EV, you know, any, any automotive grade battery at the store. So what batteries did you use and, and where'd you get them? Yeah. So it's, it's the same battery pack from a P100D. So it's a 100 kilowatt hour pack. Um, and the reason there is uh, Tesla has figured out those batteries, you know, grouping uh, a bunch of little cells into cell groups to get the, the current needs uh, handled as well as getting up to the voltage you need. It's, yeah, I think it's a great combination. They're not the most performance battery out there. You could use, uh, you know, pouch cell batteries and make way more current and, and mm -hmm. be able to hold that current without getting the voltage sag that kind of depletes your horsepower. But as a balance point, it's the perfect battery. And, and yeah, you can't get them new. You can't just go buy a new battery pack from <laughs> Tesla. So these are all used parts. Um, in fact, my battery pack came out of three different cars, which I had to, you know, balance to make sure all the cell groups were even. And yeah. then um, ever since it's been in the car, it just works. You wouldn't know that it wasn't uh, one pack. So a, a, a Plymouth satellite, I mean, I, you know, I'm there. Those are those seventies muscle cars are not small vehicles. You know, they're two door, but they're not small. Right. So wh where do you like, are, do you, can you get the whole hundred kilowatt hours in the front of the car where the engine bay was? Do you uh, need any space in the rear? Do you want to try and balance the weight a little better and get some of the some of the cells in the rear? 
yeah, those are all the things. Um, so yeah, very big car, the satellites, no problem. You can fit a ton of batteries. In my case, I wanted it all bolt in. Um, and so what I did is I put uh, 10 out of the 16 modules under the hood and I put six in the trunk. Um, so two reasons, I couldn't really fit more under the hood without doing modification, which I did not want to do. Um, and then I did want to balance the car. And so uh, rear motor in the car, uh, the car went from probably being 60% front weight to now being 55% rear weight. And so wow. it actually made the car better in every way. The handling, the acceleration, the braking, <laughs> the balance is um, is better because of that extra battery weight in the back. Oh, that's so great. Now, so did it turn out, would you would you say, I mean, I've seen the pictures of, of the car on your Instagram. It's beautiful. And, and the videos on your YouTube. Would you say the car turned out better than you'd hoped as well as you'd hoped, not quite as good as you'd hoped or some weird mix of the three? Can you kind of talk about you know, how you feel after the fact before we move on to the DeLorean? Yeah, absolutely. So the, the car is better in every way uh, than I expected. Um, maybe partially because I didn't know it, if it would work. So just the fact that it worked was awesome. Um, but then, you know, you got to You have to learn your vehicle. And it's one thing to buy a new car that's engineered and you learn it and you have your manual and you, you go through the modes. But when I had to come up with all the systems um, and get them dialed in the best I could and then kind of uh, improve on that as I go, as I'm learning, I'm figuring out it's it's better every day. Uh, in fact, it's my daily driver. I put uh, over yes. ten thousand miles on it last year. I've road tripped the car. It's just it just always works. Um, just like any Tesla, you know, it's plugged in in the garage. Uh, it's full of charge. You just get in and go. You come home. You plug it back in. It's just it's so simple but so good. What what's roughly what kind of range are you getting with it? I mean, it's it's a you know the Model S is a big car, and with its hundred kilowatt hours, a P I mean a P one hundred D, at least with both motors, you're only using the rear. But you know that car would get three hundred ish miles of range in the in the in that configuration. You know, I in the in the satellite, what what roughly are what are you getting? Yeah, so my uh, repeatable best watt hours per mile is 307. So that's pretty um, that, darn good. Yeah, it comes out to 325 miles on a charge. Wow! And uh, that is normal driving. That was 65 miles an hour, uh, AC on max with five people in the car. So it, it's a real number. So I can easily plan on 300 um, with a full charge. I only I'm a you know 80 to 90 charge guy. So yeah, I just plan. 250 when I was when I road trip but I planned 200 mile legs and uh it's totally usable and what's what pl does it have the Tesla plug as well what we now call the NACS plug it, it doesn't um I started out with just a J1772 yeah uh, I've got a I've I, most of the components are aftermarket to make everything work so it's an aftermarket yeah. charger uh so a 6.6 .6 charger that's only you know, pulling 32 amps off the house. Um, and then I added Chatamo because that was the only fast DC uh, available at the time. I just got CCS, which is a funny timing. Uh, <laughs> and so I'm probably going to have all of the charge standards at some point. But um, NACS, the, the big 
difference there. The plug is obviously the best plug out there because it it's a J1772 and it's a fast DC because it shares two of the lugs with AC power and DC power. So in order to do that, you have to have an extra set of contactors to make that switch depending on what you're plugged into. Um, so that was the separation on the CCS plug. So I'm going to start with CCS, but the good thing is, is adapters will always work. So, yeah. um, but down the road, NACS, that's the only way to go. So you're not going to be stopping at any Tesla supercharger. I mean, for, for software reasons, more than as much as hardware reasons, but you, but you can, can you roll that car up to electrify America or, or any of these other stations and, and juice up? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Any Electrify America uh, Chatamo, it'll just plug in and connect. And um, those are rated at 50 kilowatts. But the nice thing about building your own stuff is you can tweak the numbers. So I actually get <laughs> 75 kilowatts out of the 50 kilowatt nice. Chatamo, which, yeah, so it, it's not bad. It fast enough. That is awesome. Oh, man. It, it, now, ha- and have you, I mean, you said you've road tripped it. So are, you must have gotten some weird looks when you roll up to, to a, a fast charging station from other drivers. Right. So the big thing is, is, you know, it looks like a big fat muscle car. You would never know it's electric from looking at it. So the first thing on people's mind is, is here's a guy icing the charger. Right. So, right. Uh, and so I've had uh, a few kind of glares, uh, a couple looks, but it quickly changes. So I got to be honest, I got to hand it to everybody. They look up and they see, once they see it's plugged in, it's all questions and enthusiasm, yeah. you know, which I love. It, it, it almost seems like people who wouldn't normally be a car person come up and all of a sudden they're a car person. And it, it's just so cool. It's that community that you mentioned. Yeah. Well, that's that's one thing I've personally, at least in my opinion, observed about the Tesla community over the years is that, and I think it's probably applicable to just the EV community on as a more general statement, is that it's pulling in people that maybe weren't ever car people before, whether they're just drawn to it as a technology thing or, you know, the sort of software side of it, the autopilot, you know, driver assistance kind of stuff. It really is cool to see this, this new generation of car enthusiasts that are specifically drawn that, that are becoming car enthusiasts because of EVs. And, and certainly your conversion would, I, I would be right there. I'd be one of the people that would see it plugged in and then start asking you, very enthusiastically asking you questions, which is what we're doing right now. So right, I love yeah. it. Um, have you watched the new uh, Robert Downey show on on uh, HBO Max yet where he he converts a bunch of his old collecti- uh, classic cars to electric? Man, I have not seen the show yet. I'm dying to see it. I got to get HBO Max. Uh, I'm going to sign up just for that because um, I saw him lead. I... I saw some quotes and, and little posts he made on, on, uh, different social media leading up to this. And, yeah. uh, so I've been excited for quite a while and I can't wait. So, uh, the, there's a connection here that I'm curious if, if you have made, cause I don't know quite, you know, you, you definitely know your, your Mopar, your muscle cars. Are you aware that a, uh, a Mr. John DeLorean is considered the father of the muscle car era? Yes, the father of the GTO. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So that's I love that you've chosen the DeLorean as your next project, which so there's a everybody should go to your YouTube channel again, which uh, I'll give you the plug here is you go to youtube.com slash at sign MR Mopar man. 
Uh, you've got part one of your your DeLorean conversion up there, uh, where we see the car and see you start to you know measure things out and see what's going to fit. And uh, it's I, I just love that DeLorean has this kind of connection to the to the muscle car era. Um, what led you to wanting to Teslify a DeLorean of all things? So that that's been, I think, the perfect conversion on my mind for quite a while. And so this car, it's not actually my car. This is my first customer build. And this build came to me, it, it's a year in the making. Um, yeah. uh, another EV shop has been asking me, hey, do you want to do a DeLorean? And, uh, you know, my plate was full and he came back to me and finally I just had to go for it because it, it's just the dream build uh, in my mind. I, don't, I just don't see any better car, the look, the style, fix all the things that were wrong with it. It, it just all works out with an EV swap. Yeah, I can tell you, uh, w- well, I guess nobody can really tell you, but from from everything I know about John DeLorean himself uh, and and if you don't, I know you told me when we were setting this up that you've heard the podcast a couple times before. But so I, I was a DeLorean owner for 12 plus years. It was my dream car as a kid. If uh, I mean, you can see me on camera. There's uh, well, there's a DeLorean poster behind me that I can't. I guess I can I can turn the camera here and show you, which, of course, is, is useless. to. That's actually oh, my car wow. in that poster oh, wow. from uh, from a while back. But in any case, um, the. Uh, the fact that like I can tell you that I think I really think that John DeLorean himself, if he were still alive, he passed away in 2005 at the age of 80, I believe it was. I think he would approve of of electrifying the DMC 12s because John was always about John was an engineer. Uh, he was, in hindsight, a much better engineer than he was a business guy. I mean, his you know, the the, the sort of business failings of DeLorean Motor Company are are well documented at this point, but, but he right. always, he was big on safety. He was big on new technology and making cars better. And so I, I really think if he were to, if he were here with us and, and saw what you were up to, I really think he'd, he'd be in your garage with you asking you a ton of questions about how you're doing it, which uh, I will instead do now. Uh, so <laughs> I, I got to figure I I've kind of always thought cuz that's th- that dream has occurred to me too like if I had if I had you know just unlimited money which I I never will but if I had that unlimited money that I would love to take a an otherwise pretty much out of commission DeLorean and and bring it back to life as an EV and you know the DeLorean's a rear engine car so you've got a pretty large space in in the back of the car to work with not unlike the original Tesla Roadster, which had its battery pack directly, you know, in the rear behind, behind the, the passengers, uh, behind the, the driver's seat. So uh, let's, let's start with what, you know, use the Model S motor for the Plymouth, for, uh, for, the, for the satellite. But you're going with a Model 3 motor on this one. So why the, why going, why the, the 3 rather than the S here? Uh, so there's a, a few reasons. I, I've been wanting to get into a build that uses the Model 3 motor because I want to learn that platform. And it, it's kind of like the reason the LS swap is so popular in the ICE world is because they're plentiful, 
they're affordable and they're great. And so yeah. that's where the Model 3 motor is too. There's just millions of those cars on the road. There's going to continue to be uh, more and more every year as we see the, you know, the production numbers. That just means more will end up being uh, wrecked, unfortunately, so we can reuse those parts. So it, it goes towards the affordable build, but also uh, it's an awesome motor. It's a permanent magnet. It's oil cooled, um, which means you can push it uh, as hard as you want. And it, it will never break down because it, it protects yep. itself and it has better cooling than the Model S motor. So less horsepower, but you can push it a lot farther. Um, it's also a mid-engine versus a rear engine. The Model S motor, the motor and inverter are behind the gearbox. Mm -hmm. So in the DeLorean, that gets in the way of the original engine cradle. Yeah. So you can get away with a small Model S motor in the DeLorean in the cradle. But the nice thing about the Model 3 motor is everything's in front. So it kind of goes in where the the, the, the DeLorean's like a Y frame. It kind of gets narrow yeah, in the middle. It's a wishbone, yeah. And so the Model 3 motor uh, with minor frame modification, I was able to put it in front. So now you have a mid-engine. You've, you've moved some of the weight forward. And you have even more room in the back. So it, I think it was just the perfect motor for that car. Now, I, I noticed from watching part one of your DeLorean Tesla conversion video, the donor car that you were given for this, uh, you said in the video it arrived with no, no engine in it. So you got basically a rolling mule, which is fine, right? You would have needed to take the engine out anyway. It looks like the car's pretty clean. Like the frame looks good because that's, that's a big thing in the DeLorean world is, so the frames on the DeLoreans were epoxy coated. But if you were, if you were, if the cars weren't in, in an environment with like a lot of salt on the road, over time, that epoxy could break down and get in and, and cause rust on the frame. But the frame looks good. The body looks pretty good. The interior looks pretty good. Uh, I did notice to, to nitpick, this is, this is everyone in the audience is going to just roll their eyes uh, when they hear this, but you, uh, you mentioned that it's an 81, but it's it's got the hood of an 82 or an 83 on it. So either either the person that that's that you're doing the job for actually has an 82 or an 83 or they've swapped the hood at some point. So maybe off there I'll have to get the VIN from you off the air and then I can yeah. <laughs> can tell you no, what, be... <laughs> what it actually is. But I didn't I couldn't help but notice that in the video cuz DeLoreans are funny and I suspect to tie this to Tesla I, t I suspect that the Cybertrucks are going to be like this too, where a DeLorean owner can look at any DeLorean and see the little differences between the model years, because otherwise they're all stainless steel. They're, they all look to the, to the untrained eye. They look the same. And I suspect that's going to be the case with the Cybertrucks too, where they're all going to look the same, but as Tesla makes tweaks, the, the keen-eyed folks in the Tesla community are going to be able to pick out the differences. But um, right. I to totally get, agree. <laughs> to get back to <laughs> this and get off my, my silly DeLorean uh, little soapbox there. So uh, did, it, did this DeLorean start life? Was this a, a five-speed uh, manual or a three-speed automatic? Because I'm curious if you've got that that clutch pedal that's in your way or, or if you got an automatic to make things a little easier in terms of the, the once the driver's actually in it with, with just having the two pedals. Right. Yeah. So this was a five-speed car. Um, and the reason it's so clean, by the way, is because it's got 600 original miles on it, uh, wow. which is not going to make the DeLorean 
uh, fans happy. But uh, like you said, it came to me with no drivetrain, so I'm just making it roadworthy yeah. again. That's my story. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so what's funny about having the extra pedal is I'm thinking about wiring that as uh, a means to start it. So if you don't push the clutch, oh. you're not going to be able to start the car. So, um, you know, use what you got and, and see see how it works out. I like that. I think that's a good idea because, yeah, that's that's uh, that way only the driver really knows knows what to do if anybody were to ever get in the car. So, right. Uh, all right. Model three motor going in the back. So it sounds like so. Again, you're going single motor on this. You're not going to attempt to get a second motor up front. Right. Yep. Single motor. Um so, you know, you're looking at what three, little over 300 horsepower. It's a, it's a, a 980 motor performance motor. Yeah. Um, but the original DeLorean had like 130 horsepower. So you're Correct. more than doubling the power with just a single motor, which is going to be awesome. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's what the DeLorean should have had. That was always a common thing. People would ask me all the time, all the time. Oh, how fast is it? And the, the sort of cute answer I, I learned to give uh, so as not to completely embarrass the poor DeLorean. Cause the reality is it's a hundred and yeah, as you said, it's 130 horsepower, 2.85 liter V6. I would just tell people it's not as fast as it looks, but you're going right. to make it as fast as it looks with this model three performance motor. So, uh, the question then now is how many batteries, you know, what, what size kilowatt hour pack can you get into a DeLorean, which is definitely a smaller car, than the than the satellite right um that was one thing i was worried about knowing the size of the car um and i want you know tesla batteries again they're the best all-around safest uh best conversion battery you could get um i'm putting 100 kilowatt hours in this car Whoa! yeah so this how is are you be doing a- that physically how are you doing <laughs> that uh, I've got a lot of time in CAD designing uh, battery boxes at the smallest possible dimensions and configurations. And then what's great about the DeLorean. So it has a frunk, as you know. Yes. Um, now that frunk was kind of shallow. When you it open is. that, the, the hood opens backwards, uh, for those that don't know. And, and the fuel port was actually under the hood. Um, some of those hoods, like you mentioned, had the fuel door in the Correct. hood. But this one is a smooth hood. You got to open the whole hood. Um, so under that hood, uh, what looks shallow, if you look under the car, there's another six, eight inches of space between the bottom of the frunk and the frame. And so what I'm doing is I'm putting a a battery box all the way up front that rests on that front frame. So that'll give me space for four modules. A uh, Tesla 100 kilowatt hour pack has 16 modules total. The other 12, uh, four will fit on top of the model three gearbox and another okay. eight will fit behind it. So um, that engine bay is actually quite large and it goes all the way from the top of the, the car, um, kind of the hood to the, the bottom of the suspension. I can fit eight modules on top of each other. So when you open up the back hatch, you will just see uh, uh, batteries under glass with uh, you know LED lights. And it so it'll look really cool under the back and the same thing in the front. But um, yeah, all 100 kilowatt hours will fit and it will actually balance the car a little better than original. Yeah, sixty-five thirty-five uh, rear right. rear uh, bias on the original car. It was it was definitely very far from from balanced. Uh, so you met a hundred kilowatt hours. Does that mean you're you're using eighteen six fifties? You've you found a Model S battery pack for this? 
That's right. Yep. So it's another uh, P100D pack. And um, it, uh, all the stuff I'm using, I get from Stealth EV, by the way. And uh, he only sources real low mileage stuff. So we're talking a pack with 10,000 miles or less on it. Yeah. And, um, and a super clean low mile motor. I'm thinking I'm going to weigh about 33, 3,400 pounds total. So that was you my know, next six, question. Yeah. Six, 700 pounds lighter than a, than a model three. And the efficiency is actually pretty decent on a DeLorean. The, um, the arrow, uh, this could be a 400 mile car. If, if I can get it down oh, to man. 250 watt hours per mile. So it could be something else. Cause yeah, the, uh, Another common misconception I would get from people, which I think is is solely because of the stainless steel body, people would go, well, stainless steel, this car is heavy. I'm like, it's actually not. It was a 2,800-pound car uh, because you had thin stainless steel body panels on top of a fiberglass underbody. So if you're going to be able to get in within a, about five to 700 pounds of that, despite loading 100 kilowatt hours of battery pack into it, that's really impressive. And like you said, you're still going to have something that's that's uh, a good bit lighter and still smaller than a Model 3. So uh, this sounds incredible, Kevin. This sounds really cool. Uh, it's going to be awesome. I'm so excited. I uh, The only thing I wish is that I'm about 6'4", a little more. Um, I, I only wish I fit in the car better because I would love to take it on a long trip, but it's just not comfortable enough for me to do that. <laughs> But, See, I'm uh, surprised to hear you say that because John DeLorean was six foot four and he designed, you know, part of the reason, well, actually the big reason the car has going doors is so that tall people could more easily, you know, get into it rather than having to like basically sit on the ground and kind of scooch in like you did with a lot of other, you know, low slung sports cars. You just, you, you're kind of, you just got to, you're kind of laying back in a DeLorean. You just put the seat way back and I'm, I'm surprised that, uh, maybe give it another chance. Cause it's, it's I'll, actually I'll, a pretty comfortable cruiser. I'll give it a try. Yeah. I was a little, <laughs> little shocked at the size when I tried, but there is a little extra room in that gullwing door for your head too, which helps. That's true. So. Yeah. yeah. So I guess the one trade-off, uh, that, that you've obviously you've made your choice. It's, you'll have extreme range on this thing. But by by placing batteries up front, obviously there's a there's a, a good reason for that with with the weight distribution. But you are you are eliminating pretty much all of the car's storage at that point. Not that the DeLorean is uh, is is you know <laughs> is is can really hold much to begin with. But you're just going to have the that sort of cargo shelf behind the you know in the cabin. That's is that really about all you're going to have when, when you're done. You you know what's surprising with that box in the front? It only sticks up in the front about two inches, and that's in the very front of that front, which is the narrowest yeah. part. Um, so I am going to eliminate the spare tire, which leaves room to for a, a charge cord. Actually, it's kind of the yeah. perfect size for a charge cord. So it, it's actually going to maintain uh, most of the front space. Is how it's turning out. Excellent. Oh, I yeah. love that. Yeah, this is this is sounding better. See, this I'm glad I'm talking to you because I was already intrigued after after watching your YouTube video, but now I'm learning you, you're you've really made a lot of awesome smart decisions here. Not that I'm some expert. I mean, I'm a DeLorean expert, but not right. not a, you know, EV conversion expert. This is awesome. Uh, all right, I'll I'll keep you for just a few more minutes, I promise, because I've got I could talk to you all day here, Kevin, but um so I I will say the one thing 
And and I know I can tell you have the love. You're not doing this maliciously, especially after you said it's a 600 mile car. You you did have to make some cuts in the frame. And I see the look on your face and I wish my audience could see it because it's that that part stings a little bit as a as a DeLorean purist, because obviously there's no there's no undoing that. Right. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's a tough decision to make on any any modification on a car. Like I said, I didn't want to cut my Plymouth, um, which I didn't do. Um, it was the only way to get a Model 3 motor mounted in the correct location. Yeah. So what I say is I windowed the frame. So the top and the bottom of the frame are still structurally intact, which they're kind of a two-piece laminated. Uh, they've got some angles to it. So it's very strong on the top and the bottom. And then I've uh, custom designed some... Uh, bolt together motor mounts. It's a multi-piece motor mount, um, which is going to be uh, available in kit form once I have it all tested. Because if you want to bolt in something, it, it's just the best way to have brackets. Um, and these brackets, uh, what I like to say is if you're going to cut something, uh, leave it stronger than you found it. So they make it uh, super stout once it's bolted together. Love it. Any unexpected challenges so far? And also just kind of where are you in the process? The Your part one video on your YouTube channel is from a couple months ago at this point. So what what progress have, have you made since that uh, that video was uploaded? Yeah, that, like you said, that was a lot about the, uh, the design and measuring and figuring out and then making those motor mounts. Um, I've already designed the battery boxes and I've got most of the battery boxes cut out ready to assemble. Um, I've also got the half shafts built. They just got delivered to my house today. Um, so adapting, um, model three stubs that go into the, the gearbox to the, what's actually a Porsche 930 style CV on the DeLorean. So I've got custom shafts made. Um, I've got one battery box mounted under in the front. So I've actually made a lot of progress more than one video worth. I just haven't gotten to the video work yet. Awesome. Well, it's understandable. It's certainly understandable. Um, <laughs> Now, I saw on your Instagram that you are putting the charge port for this Tesla-powered DeLorean in a fun spot. Can you yeah. share with everybody where that's going and how you're doing that? Yeah, so like I mentioned earlier, um, the DeLorean owners know that you have to pop the hood in order to fuel the car, which which is okay if you're going to fuel. We know that's much quicker than charging. It would be highly impractical to have the hood opened while you're waiting to charge a car, even on a fast charge, um, especially in wind or rain or anything like that. So, um, so I eliminated that as an option. And so while I'm looking for options, uh, my Plymouth has it behind the rear license plate, which is another good option. Sweet. Um, yep. But in the front of the DeLorean, it's got this unique looking grill. It's just a solid chunk of rubber with the DMC logo on the front. Yep. And, um, I'm looking at it and I touch it and it's loose. And so I pull on it and it's just kind of popped in with little friction locks. Uh, you can pull the grill right off and it's, there's a lot of space behind it. And so I thought, Oh man, that charge port will fit right there, but I don't want somebody having to pull the grill off every time. So I, I made a uh, mechanical, uh, it's almost like a reclining chair. These, these scissor, um, mechanisms that will uh make the grill go out and rotate down and to expose the charge port and that'll be on uh, linear actuators you know so you just hit the charge door open button and the the uh grill will move away and reveal the charge port which i think will be pretty cool i love that so much that is uh that is and it's keeping with the tesla spirit of 
hiding the charge port. That's one of Tesla's, none, none of the Tesla cars, except for the original Roadster, have an obvious spot uh, where you can right. see the charge port. So I think that's great. I love it. Uh, so I, I, the one other, I guess one technical question I have for you is, again, having a lot of experience with the DeLorean. It was not, not that they're terrible, but the brakes are not known for being like the most amazing brakes in the world. You are adding more weight to the DeLorean. Are you going to be keeping the stock brakes on the car? I don't intend to. I would love to upgrade the brakes. I want to upgrade to uh, coilovers as well to handle the weight. I need to uh, change the spring rate. So um, any performance uh, drive enhancing mod, I'm all for. So yeah, brakes is definitely on the list. Although uh, Regen actually does make up for probably the weight difference, um, not not Fair putting point. extra heat in the brakes. That's true. Yeah, that is definitely true, as any Tesla owner knows. So, uh, any any kind of estimated timeline of of you know you've got a a client out there who who has commissioned this thing and is waiting for it. Any any thoughts yet on when when you might see the finish line on this car? Uh, I would love to have it done this year. I want it driving by SEMA. I'm going to take it to the SEMA show this year. And uh, so it'll be uh, pretty far along by then and uh, hopefully done and tested by the end of the year. Uh, I live in Colorado, so uh, road testing, um, depending on the winter weather, how how that works out, I got to put some miles on the car, um, which I don't want to put miles on a 600-mile car. The uh, instrumentation, I'm not sure how that's going to work yet, but I may just disconnect the uh, the speedo cable from the front left wheel because that'll that'll prevent the miles from racking up. That's true. That is a that is a little a little hidden trick if uh, yeah if you ever need it. But uh, so before I let you go, let's just bring it back to Mopar real quick. You know, you you've been a you've been a Mopar guy since you were a kid. You love muscle cars. What do you think of Dodge's, specifically Dodge, their chances in the EV space? Because I, I think you'll agree we haven't seen much from them so far. Right. Um, you know, it's funny. They had big plans for a full EV suite um, a long time ago. Um, and they kind of let that go. They, they kind of go unnoticed um, in a lot of ways. They're all about power and Hellcats and everything right now. But I'm pretty impressed with their design of that new EV Charger. Uh, I saw that car in person. It's it's a great looking car, big muscle car looking car. Um, so I think they got that right. They're a little coy on what they're going to power it with. We don't know anything about their batteries. And, and there's so much vaporware in all of the industry. You know, there's a lot of big talk out there, but no one can actually get it done except for Tesla. So... Um, I, I have high hopes, but I, I also have a lot of doubt um, as well. And if they're going to come out and keep their muscle name, I think it has to be, you know, Platworthy. That thing needs to put down some power and some times. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of just cautiously waiting, I guess. And that and that was really that was my sort of next and last question for you is does it is the plaid already? the EV muscle car like does do you think the EV muscle car exists and and is it a, is it the Model S plaid Oh absolutely or the Model 3 performance that's a muscle car um I mean the best time I've done in my Plymouth is uh 3.0 to 60 but I can't do Beautiful. it every time it's based on traction um yeah. but 
Yeah, I, I take a lot of flack. You know, anybody who put an electric motor in a Mopar, it, you better be ready for the comments, which uh, are super entertaining, by the way. But um, I get I get told all the time that's not a muscle car because it doesn't make noise. Um, but that's not what it is. A muscle car is just a high powered car. And yeah, Tesla Plaid, it's the fastest car out there. And anybody can buy one. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, well, Kevin Erickson, the owner of what I think is fair to say the world's it is a unique one of one Tesla because you you are driving a Tesla. It just happens to be inhabiting the body of a of a Plymouth satellite. Is that fair to say? That's right. Yeah, it's got the looks, but none of the original uh, go. That's for sure. <laughs> well, Kevin, thank you so much for taking the time uh, out of your travel schedule to do this. Everybody should check out Kevin's progress on the Tesla powered DeLorean. Uh, and you can go back and see all the all the satellite Plymouth satellite stuff as well. Again, youtube.com slash at MR Mopar Man, Mr. Mopar Man, and at Mr. Mopar Man on Instagram. Kevin, great to meet you. Thank you so much. Great to meet you. Thank you. Hi, this is Franz von Holzhausen, and you're listening to Ride the Lightning with Ryan McCaffrey, the Tesla unofficial podcast. Well, if you're curious where my family and I went on our summer vacation, we went down to Disneyland with my brother-in-law and his wife and three kids. They're always very nice, and they take us along with them. Seemingly, I mean, we've been lucky to go pretty much every summer, which is just such a, a wonderful, wonderful privilege that I'm extremely grateful for because I love it down there. In fact, we all do. The kids and adults alike, we all adore Disneyland. And every year I think I say it, and someday maybe it'll come true, still waiting for the Autopia ride, which is where you get in and actually drive a little kind of go-kart type thing around a, a circuit where, you know, you're, you can't go off, you literally can't go off the track. You're like sort of stuck on this rail. So you have very limited agency while you're, while you're driving and the cars obviously don't go very fast. Still waiting for Tesla to sponsor that ride though and electrify those cars because they're gas powered and they're loud. And if you're going up to the monorail station in Tomorrowland, you can definitely smell the exhaust fumes. And so it's, it's definitely a, a, not a typical, like usually everything at Disney is very clean and very nice, but that little pocket is, is definitely not. So someday, I mean, even if it's not Tesla, somebody I hope will sponsor that and will and, convince Disney to electrify the cars on that ride. Anyway, here's an entertainment recommendation for you. It is a relatively new book. It came out in late July. And I confess, as I, as I give you this recommendation, I'm only about a little over halfway through it, but I am really enjoying it so far as a video game fan. And you're, you're pretty much going to need to be a video game fan for this recommendation. But the book is called Doom Guy. Life in First Person. It's an autobiography by John Romero, who is one of the original designers and programmers of Doom and Wolfenstein 3D and Quake. And, uh, and, and Doom, the original Doom from 1993, is probably my single favorite game of all time. If, if you just told me that I had to pick one game, it's probably that game. And so uh, it was, it's been very interesting reading John's story. Where I'm up to now in the book is I'm up to Quake. I made it past Doom and the crazy success of Doom. And 
It's been a really interesting, his, his life story's been really interesting so far. So if you're a fellow video gamer and want to learn a little bit about one of the most influential and, and best designers and programmers that the game industry has ever seen, check it out, Doom Guy. All right, time for a pro tip of the week to bring it back to Tesla. Here's Dave from San Francisco with a pro tip for Model S and Model X owners specifically. Hi, Ryan. This is Dave from San Francisco. I have a little tip uh, for Model X and Model S uh, owners. I recently had two front tires changed. The rear tires uh, were said to be still in good condition. Uh, shortly thereafter, like uh, two weeks later, I had a nail in my front tire and I had to get that fixed. So I went back into the tire shop. This was discount tires, America's tires. And they uh, took off one of the back tires, which had not been inspected um, when I got those fronts changed. And lo and behold, the tread on the very inside of the tire was worn through the steel belt just on the very inside of the tire. And uh, this was true of the other rear tire also. So um, I uh, ended up changing those tires and then taking the car in and having my uh, alignment done. So I guess the reason I'm calling is if the front tires always wear first, and if you ever just change the front, have them inspect the rears. Um, that could have been, um, you know, troublesome had I not uh, gotten that nail on my front tire and had to go back in. Okay, well, love the podcast. Thanks, Ryan. Hope this helps somebody. Thanks. So I think the reason that Dave specifically called that out for S and the X is because of staggered tire setup. It's a square setup on the Model 3s and Model Ys, but on some S's and I think all of the X's, it is a staggered setup, so you wouldn't rotate tires front to rear, only side to side. So in any case, Dave, thank you so much for that. That is definitely a good thing to be aware of uh, if you end up you know, having a tire issue like that. Thank you so much. If anybody else out there has a pro tip of the week that you'd like to share with me and your fellow Tesla owners and enthusiasts, please send it my way via the Ride the Lightning hotline. I actually, I didn't give you the call-in instructions. You may have memorized them by now after, after all these weeks, all these years on the podcast. But if you want to send in a regular phone call and or a pro tip of the week, please do so via the Ride the Lightning hotline. There are two easy ways to submit a call to the Ride the Lightning hotline. Either use your smartphone's built-in voice recording software, record your question, and please try to keep it to 90 seconds or less so that I can get to as many calls each week as possible. And then email that recording to me at teslapodcast at gmail.com. Or you can just call and leave a message on the Ride the Lightning hotline and the file will find its way to me. The toll-free number that you can call or Skype anytime is 1-888-989-8752. That's 1-888-989-TSLA. And as I said at the top of the podcast, I will get back to the Ride the Lightning hotline calls on next week's podcast 
which will be episode 419. All right, before I go, some friends of the podcast to mention. First up, abstractocean.com, just an absolute warehouse of awesomeness full of Tesla aftermarket accessories. Go there, check it out. You can browse by vehicle. So if you've got a three, just click on model three. If you've got a Y, click on model Y and it will show you everything that's available for your Tesla, whether it is the fourth generation tempered glass screen protector made from the same Gorilla Glass that Corning uses. Uh, That's a good thing to have on your car just to protect it long-term since of course you interact with that touchscreen every single time that you operate the car. They also have a lot of great lighting kits for the inside and outside of the car. So check all of it out at abstractocean.com. And when you go there and you pile all the stuff that you like into your online shopping cart and you get to check out, use the coupon code RTLPODCAST to get 15% off of your first order. RTLPODCAST, all one word, no spaces. The snap plates, which I recommend if you want or need a front license plate, on the front of your Tesla, go to everyamp.com slash RTL. This front license plate bracket snaps on and off in seconds, but when it's on, it's on there securely. It won't mess with anything. It won't mess with the paint, with your grill, with your radiator, with autopilot sensors, nothing. So it is a nice, clean, minimalist design, blends perfectly well with the Tesla front end when it's installed, and it leaves no unsightly hardware behind if you'd like to remove it, which maybe you want to do if you're detailing the car or taking it to a a car show, something like that. Make those fix-it tickets go away for those of you who, like me, hate using a front license plate. Go with the snap plate, trust me. Everyamp.com slash RTL budgetsafesolar.com. That is where I ended up getting my solar installation for our home and everything went great in the end. You know, it's, there was some San Francisco specific red tape that was annoying. I won't be, I'll be honest with you. I won't lie, but the actual dealing with budget safe solar was great. They got me the highest efficiency panels that they had to help account for my tall, narrow, San Francisco roof where I didn't have a lot of roof real estate to put a lot of panels on. So we needed the highest octane, if you'll forgive the turn of phrase, the highest octane panels they had to generate the most electricity from solar possible. So if you're uh, interested for your home or business, go to budgetsafesolar.com. Use the referral code RTL if you do end up proceeding with an installation. And they do also now offer home battery storage as part of their solar installations. So you can close the circuit, just close the loop, uh, which is, I've been fortunate enough to do that. And that has been awesome. Immaculate Reflections. The website is irdetailing.com. The finest detailer in the Bay Area. Hey, I'll, I'll say it. There are lots of great detailers out here, but I am happy to trust my car to Jeff and the team at Immaculate Reflections. They are in the, again, greater San Francisco Bay Area. So if you're here or gonna be here with your car, treat yourself, treat your car to a spa day at Immaculate Reflections. You wanna do maybe some paint protection film, keep that paint as protected as possible. Maybe ceramic coating for protecting the car from the sun so that you don't have to wax it because ceramic coating is just a next generation version of a wax. 
Maybe even you want to do some paint correction to get the actual paint finish looking as good as it possibly can. Any of that, all of that, a combination, whatever you want to do, Immaculate Reflections will take good care of you. Again, head on over to irdetailing.com. Mention when you reach out through the website that you're a Ride the Lightning listener and any work that you book in, there will be a nice little Ride the Lightning listener discount extended to you. Thank you very much to Jeff at Immaculate Reflections for doing that. Meanwhile, puretesla.com slash RTL, your one-stop shop for your dash cam and sentry mode setups. It's a micro SD based solution that is gonna just go and go and go reliably because of the constant reading and writing that the dash cam and sentry mode do. You wanna have the most reliable memory format and USB flash memory, eh, not great compared to micro SD. So grab the pure Tesla kit, $49 for the 128 gigabyte kit. 69 bucks if you want to step up to 256 gigs. It comes fully formatted out of the package, ready to go, plug and play, straight from the package into your Tesla, and they ship free in the United States, which is a nice bonus as well. PureTesla.com slash RTL. Finally, my Patreon. Uh, If you haven't noticed by now, as I'm sure you have, the podcast is free. It's always been free. It always will be free. But I've been at this for... Actually, I guess, you know what? Boy, I'm out of town for what this is... Even though now I'm recording this ahead of time. This episode officially marks the eight-year anniversary of Ride the Lightning. I didn't even realize that until I'm just getting to this part of the end of this podcast that I'm recording well in advance of my family vacation But man, all right, uh, I'll take a quick second to just say thank you. I know I'm supposed to be plugging my Patreon here and and asking all of you to kindly consider supporting me on Patreon, and I will do that, but man, eight years of not missing a week, 418 episodes, plus there were actually two other ones that I put out publicly. There was the uh, new owner's, what did I call it, the... The, oh, Tesla Tesla Beginner's Guide, I think I called it, which I made in the fall of 2018, right when the Model 3 ramp was like, the production ramp was really getting going, and a lot of us were finally starting to get our Teslas that we'd been waiting for for a long time. Admittedly, that Beginner's Guide episode is probably pretty out of date, so I don't know if I would recommend going back to that for any reason. But uh, the other bonus one I did... So like so technically this is the 420th episode I've done, but officially it's 418 cuz yeah, the other the other extra one that I put out was a total admittedly, you know, I guess you'd say navel gazing episode. It was it was a just a basically a an audio diary of my Tesla delivery day when I got my Model 3 back uh in fact as you're hearing this, just about a, the five-year anniversary was one week ago. I took delivery on July 29th, 2018 at the Fremont Delivery Hub, not too far from the Tesla factory in California. And uh, anyway, yeah, it's, you know, it had, I, I had been doing the podcast for a few years before I got my Tesla. So, you know, it was a big moment for me and I made a little 
like I said, kind of an audio diary for it. And yeah, I guess if you want to hear me kind of geek out like a little kid after waiting all these years to get my own Tesla, you can go back and listen to that if you wanted to. But I can say it's been an incredible five years, not just of owning the car, but the last five years of this podcast have been insane. Just uh, from interviewing Elon on episode 200 to interviewing Franz twice to getting to go to a lot of different Tesla events like the Cybertruck event to the the, the referral roadsters, if those ever happen. I mean, <laughs> we'll see. But yeah, it's been a heck of a ride. But anyway, uh, Patreon, I will in all sincerity say that, you know, again, I have been going for eight years and the, sh- the podcast is free. The show is free. But if you are able and willing to support my efforts, because it is your guys's support that keeps me going at this point, like not from a motivational standpoint, I still love doing it, but from a purely just financial standpoint, like the time I put into this. It's, it's your guys' support that keeps it going. So I've got those different Patreon tiers. It starts at the, just five bucks a month, and you'll be supporting the podcast. And in return, you get early access to each week's episode. The most popular tier is that $10 a month tier where you get the early access and those weekly lightning round mini episodes that I do just for Patreon. And then the, the tiers go up from there. So... If you again, if you see it in your heart, if you see fit, uh, if you think I've earned it, please head on over to my Patreon page and consider a pledge. It would make a huge difference in my life, my family's life. My Patreon page can be found at patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. Patreon spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. If you're not already subscribing to the podcast, that's separate from the Patreon. It's just a free thing that you can do with the podcast so that it automatically pushes out to you every Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific when a new episode goes live. You can get this thing on all the major podcast services. Statistically, most of you get it on Apple Podcasts, but I'm also on Google Podcasts. Uh, Stitcher will be alive for a couple more weeks. I'm on TuneIn. I'm on Spotify. I'm on YouTube and also YouTube Podcasts as well. Very thrilled as a podcaster that YouTube is doing that. But if you want to find me on YouTube, again, there's no video, but if you just, if that's how you want to listen, just search Ride the Lightning Tesla on YouTube and you should find my channel pretty easily and you can just subscribe to the to the channel there for free. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and or Instagram. I have the same handle on both of those, DMC underscore Ryan. Email me anytime, teslapodcast at gmail.com. And if you do need a Tesla referral code, if you're ordering a Tesla and you don't have anybody else in your life that you can use a code from, then take mine just to get get the bonus. I mean, I want you to use somebody else's ideally because I've I've already been very blessed by the referral program. But if you just need one, because I want you to get that, you know, the discount, the uh, loot box points, you know, get get those referral bonuses. So you have to order with this link. It's type this into your browser, ts.la slash Ryan73014. And with that, 
let me say hello and thank you to the Plaid, Maximum Plaid, and Roadster in Space tier backers, the top three tiers of the Patreon. I will start with the grandfathered-in Plaid-level supporters. The tier is officially not supported anymore, but these kind folks are very kind to continue to pledge at that tier, and so they are grandfathered in on all the perks that come with that. Thank you very much to George Cassioppo, David Brander, Logan Willis, Peter Chalet, Eric Randolph, Dory and Steve Guberman, the Tesla owners of Taiwan, Ron Lee, Charlie Gillespie, David Perella, Dennis Peake, Jeff Angwin, Chase Cabanillas, the Lydia family, Aaron Altschul, Jared Brown, Jerome Strack, Jamie Dalton, the Tesla owners East Bay Club, Mike and Barbara from Louisville, David J. Howes, Matt Nixon, the Tesla Owners Club of Wisconsin, Ish, not Elon Musk, Peter, and the Bear Boys of Colorado. Next up, the Maximum Plaid backers, Jonathan Wales, Cameron Clark, Daniel Grummer, Seth Capello, Nick and Tony, the Galpin family, Ryan from Las Vegas, Darren Nickel, Kaz Barnes, Brett Libano, Patrick Wisniewski, Gil Cabrera, Watley, Mark Eversole, Todd Badger, Joe Edgel, Kevin Yank, the Tesla Owners Club of San Joaquin Valley, Michael Williams, Will Stedman, Derek Nesselrote, Justin Perez, Jeremy Harris, Chris Beach, Tom Mills, Alex Brem, Corey O'Donnell, Aaron, John Cody, Andre Kent, Joel Sapp, Kim Bay, Paul Casarino, Richard Corley, Chris Osborne, KB, We Drive Tesla EV Luxury Car Rental in Oahu, Chris Pratt, Ken Epstein, Doug Carey, James Gregory, Adam Lavoy, ContactOneCallCenter.com, Jason Chalukas, Travis Krenzel, Bruce Otterstein, Tom Behan, Josh Pennington, and Matt Kalen. And finally, an extra big thanks goes out to the Roadster in Space tier backers. They're so generous, they're orbiting the Earth. Pete White, Lyle Austin, Steve Radspinner, Fernando Cordero, Lawton from Chicago, Sean Neidig, Neil Weaver, Jackson Wallace, Rolf and Jennifer Evers, Howard Anthony Smith, Victoria Iacoveto, Tesla Hitchhiker 42, Kara Weston, Robert from near Philly, and Chase Lancaster. Well, thank you all so much at, regardless of whatever tier you're backing me at on the Patreon, I really do appreciate your generosity. It is, uh, it is not taken for granted by myself or by my family. So, we're heading into year nine of Ride the Lightning, and this is going to be a super fun year because the Cybertruck's going to officially launch. The Roadster, probably not between now and this time next year. As Elon already said, maybe late 2024, but the Cybertruck alone is going to be such a huge launch, such a big deal. It's going to be so talked about. It's just that alone is going to make it such a fun year. So I'm looking forward to year nine of Ride the Lightning with all of you. Thank you so much for listening, for taking the time out of your day, out of your week to listen to this podcast and share in my Tesla enthusiasm. That's that's what we're all here doing. We're sharing this this uh, enthusiasm that we have for this company and these cars and the brand and what they're up to and how they're they're generally and genuinely, I should say, genuinely is more the word I was looking for, 
genuinely changing the entire car industry with what they're doing. It's been awesome and it's gonna continue to be awesome. Happy electric motoring, my friends, and I'll see you back here for episode 419 next week. I mean, I think a Tesla is the most fun thing you could possibly buy ever. That's what it's meant to be. Our goal is to make... It's, it's not exactly a car. It's actually a thing to maximize enjoyment. It's maximum fun.